You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, Sid Talk. Welcome, welcome, just... welcome. Hold on, hold on. Don't you just chop that off anyway? No, I use that for my. <laughs> I know, but you don't leave it on there. Yeah, but it has to... yeah, you need ten seconds of. Uh... Silence. For it to analyze. Before the show. Says. This isn't before the after the show discussion. We always have to be quiet we for 10 seconds. have to be seconds. quiet for 10 seconds. Never mind your bullshit computer over there. So noisy as long as a freaking jet plane taking off. But that's fine. Because that's the noise we're going to chop out. My chair went like this. Did you hear that, anybody? We didn't do no. it that time. It Nobody went, eh. heard it except for you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, interrupt your flow. I don't even know what I was saying. It's Saturday, but it's not Saturday. Um, before the after the show discussion, before we start, is you didn't watch Svengooly this weekend, Mm-mm. and I did, and it was a uh, that was it. That was the whole discussion. movies that have um, well, I've discovered movies that have Lon Chaney Jr. in them. <laughs> And not very good. Not a, in some, my opinion. Some are I don't fine. like his uh, acting style. He's no. really. I know people. He's beloved. He is in the horror community. But I think his father is better than him. But was he? That's the thing. Was I, really? I enjoy watching his father a bit more because this guy. He's just. He's kind of one note to me. Now we're talking about. Now remember, we're talking about twenties, thirties, and forties, yeah. and fifties acting. So it's a different, a different vibe. Yep. Yeah. Well, Lon Chaney Jr. has this one style about him. He's changed it up once that I know of of, of watching them all. Remember the one mm-hmm. time when he was uh, more. Of a bad guy. And he was also that sidekick, kind of, in that one. He was better in that one, yes. too. But when he does that normal, he's that guy who comes to the haunted house or comes to the thing, and he's the straight man. It's just the same thing every time. You can just take him out of one and put him in the other. It's just <laughs> the same. Um, you could say that about somebody like George Clooney. People would. But, Morgan uh, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Michael yeah. Caine occasionally. All these people that I say are not overrated as in they're not mega stars and charming and charismatic and their movies aren't good, but overrated as in really? Let's examine all the parts they've ever played and see how many different nuances Morgan we find. Freeman, or is it just him, you know? Especially. Goes for these. <laughs> he's in the movies, the wise thing. Andre, du- Andre Dufresne. Or he's the wise. He's yeah. God. Or he's... He's in a new movie where he's got dreadlocks and he's saying some wise thing Isn't to it- somebody. Isn't that Tarzan? It's not Tarzan. No. It's one of those, Beggy. Biggie but he's one. saying... Oh, it might be The Jungle Book. It was, I believe. I don't know. No. Or is in Now You See Me, where he's the wise guy, the yep. wise old magician. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's always gone on that. So, uh, next week's Fanguli. Well, this past one that you watched was The Frozen Ghost. Frozen Ghost. Well, that's for later in the discussion. We're just getting started here. But you didn't see it. Why? That was the. This was before. We'll discuss it later. Oh, okay. So it is Saturday, September the third. After the show, number four hundred and forty-three. Saturday, September the third. It's Monday, September the fourth, fifth. Oh, happy Labor Day! We're actually <laughs> late day. doing the show. <laughs> um, what it says on the thing is Saturday, December yep. the third. But we're late doing the show. Not that you anybody cares. But nope. okay, I'm going to get this this time. It's Monday, 
September the 5th, Labor Day in America. Other countries don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's a, ho- a bank holiday, I'll call it. If you're British, it's a bank holiday. That's what it is. So um, it, it is the movie we're looking at this week, because we are a Blu-ray review slash DVD slash whatever format it is. Review site. And the movie we're looking at this week is Money Monster. It's a 2016 movie. It'll be released on Blu-ray here in the United States tomorrow. So you better pick it up then. It is rate. It says it's rated R, but I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Sony. It's only because the F word. Yeah, and Sid Talk. Well, there is a brief sexual scene, and Sid Talk will only in the deleted scene. No, in the actual movie where he's in the cupboard with a woman. Oh yeah, forgot about that. So Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie Money Monster. Money Monster is. Basically, a satirical look at the bullshit thing that we all fall for, which is corporate, stock market, everybody telling us, you know, how it is. You invested your thousand dollars. Whoop! It's gone. Something went wrong. Let's move on. And the guy who represents that are all these dickheads on TV who have these shows, you know, da 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 razzle dazzle. Mad Money is the show. Yeah. Well, not just the... What they're talking about. Yeah, not just that one, though. They're all the same. They're all the same. Some guy on there telling you what to do with your money and acting as if you don't just go along for the ride that you're a jerk. So we've got a guy who represents that. We've got the the little man or the underdog guy who shows up and is like, tell me the truth kind of thing. And then we have uh, some drama, some hostage situation. These are all spoilers here. (laughs) This is a synopsis full of spoilers. The hostage situation takes like five minutes. I didn't know it was coming though. All right. So, uh, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> the syn- this synopsis contains spoilers. Actually, actually, if you spoiler pick, alert. if you pick the cover up in the store, there's a big spoiler on the cover. There's a man waving a gun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not spoiling shit you, now. But for me, for spoilers. You didn't pay attention to that cover. Just took the thing out and watched it. I had no idea what it I even was. I didn't even know this movie existed. Except didn't they mention it at the Oscars? I've seen, I think like there was a commercial for it in the Oscars. They kept advertising it in the commercial breaks. It was around that time when it came yeah. out. Yeah. So that's where we probably saw it. So, um, Money Monster is the uh, latest movie starring Mr. George Clooney and uh, Miss Julia Roberts, directed by Jodie Foster. And I didn't know what to expect from this movie. I am not interested in, let me just say, first off, in the stock market... Financial anything, Financial Times, don't want to read that. Don't want to watch the CNBC charts going up and down. Don't care about any of that. It's really boring to me. Um, And that show with that man, I've seen it on the TV, Mad Money, where he's kind of waving his arms around and getting excited. I always could see that, yes, that is a way of making people interested in that subject. It's a big big commercial. Like, you need a personality like Martha Stewart represents food. This guy represents money. Well, let's say this. You watch Tech Talk. Leo Laporte yeah. represents... Now, I tech. listen to it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, how can you sit here and listen to this? It's the so screensavers. boring. Screensavers. It's so boring. I mean, there are times when he, when they're charming and they're kind of funny. Or an if you listen subject. to the content, it's not always interesting subjects. Like, they were talking about space this But it's week. interesting to you. Yeah. The technical side. So it's the same kind of thing. If I put some of my friends in front of screensavers, they would look at me like, why are you married to this guy? So boring. So it's the same kind of... Put you in front of an American football game. I would turn it off. 
Exactly. So it's the same kind of a thing. We all mind out. The thing is, though, this these shows are like a little offshoot of the actual money system of yeah. our entire world. Right? Yeah, exactly. The money markets control the price of everything we eat, everything we wear, everything we buy. And so these shows aren't just sort of like some flippant little, like, you know, TV show, really. I mean, if you pay attention and you, they're kind of a little, uh, come hither. Well, yeah. What's know? interesting about this movie, and it's, it actually parallels real life a lot. In real life, there's this mad money show. This man tells you, here's where you put your money today, here's where you don't put your money today. Oh, I did, I did you good last week. You know, he's like a... They get you to trust them. He's a... Um, you have a guy on the phone, your stock investor guy, who you phone up and you trust him. Well, some people trust this man on the TV. He's just a man on the TV. Right? For better or worse. I mean, yeah. yes, it's your own fault if I mean, you take that guy's word. You ain't just word. going to win by but putting your money. But let's look at it this way. How are you deciding who to vote for for president or prime minister of your country? Just you're, from what you're told. Exactly. Right. You're watching TV commercials news stories You're being manipulated. and the bullshitters at yeah. the we call it the coffee table at the cafe all the old men sit around bullshitting as if they know everything about how the world works and you take all that information which none of it is accurate and yet you base your whole life on that kind of thing that's the same kind of thing I yeah think. so you've got this uh, show on cnbc and people live by it they tune in every day they change their portfolio because these told you to sometimes they lose money sometimes they win money Sometimes they're pissed off at him. Sometimes they love him. That's how it works, right? So, in this movie, I would see uh, it's very realistic. It's a bit over the top the way they do it with sure. it, but it's very realistic in our day and age. Like that's how we kind of make things more interesting to people, make them a bit silly, make them a bit more uh, flashing lights, and of course, they put the flimflam salesman in there. And what I really liked about this movie, what's really interesting, is. George Clooney's the host of this show. It's called Lee Gates. And he's this over-the-top guy who's telling you to invest your stocks. And he doesn't think much about what he's doing. He just does it. He knows about... Well, he's kind of fed information and he knows how to relay it. And he's obviously profited himself. Yeah. He, it just is not spoken. He believes his own so. bullshit <laughs> is a good term. <laughs> yes. And the way he comes... You know, he's this... Is this guy who people look kind of look up to because they think they're going to be made millionaires just by following his advice every day? Sometimes the advice isn't good, right? Like anything, you can follow horse racing and you're told always oh, a dead cert and you put your money on and it's not right. But because he's already profited, right? If you lose out, too bad, mother yeah. trucker. Just move on, move on. Let's get on with the next thing. And you know, he's he's it seems a millionaire, right? Like he's already got money. He he's also in this high-paying job, probably being this, you know, man who's in charge of this show. So, a per, uh, in this movie, a regular guy puts his life savings pretty much on what he tells him to, and loses, and is pissed off. It's very, uh, it's not a out of the question scenario. Oh no! At all? No, no. And you know, you watch it and you think, oh, you know, it's a bit Hollywooded up. And this guy walks into the studio and he threatens to blow the place up and kill people. I mean, people. it's terrorism. Yeah, but I mean, it's on not the, out on of the, the question. surface. You don't think about it, but the person coming in to with violence to make a change to get you to do something or change something—that's what this guy represents. 
But we all look at it as the underdog guy. We look at it as like, that could be me. Yeah. You could have told me, Mr. Big Shot, to put my money on, and I follow your advice stupidly, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's Unfortunately, your, yeah. Because it's to, your decision. Yep. Not that you're not being forced. You have to be accountable. So when you are, when you're in the mind of, okay, I'll put my all my money on Apple today, because he said, and then the next day you lose everything. Like everything. Like this guy has lost everything. And you're pissed off, rightly. It could cause somebody to do this. And what he does is he walks into the live studio, gets in there, and threatens to blow up the host and kill Isn't people. that the one with Denzel Washington and the... John Q. Yep. It's a similar scenario. can't get health care. Right. And that it's he... the similar thing, yep. isn't it? He goes off the rails. And, and like I mentioned earlier, falling down. Yeah. A man who feels like the entire system and everything, the way everything works has finally broken him. When he can't go into McDonald's, <laughs> that's my favorite scene. Goes into McDonald's. Yes, he has a gun, but all he wants is breakfast. And she's like, but that was over. And he's like, that was 30 seconds ago or something like that. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but he's like, well, what do you do with it? Well, we just throw it out. And he's like, I just want breakfast. Waving his at gun. At 10, yeah, like it's no big <laughs> deal, you know. So the whole system, that's like a funny example of it, but how you don't understand how a corporation can make that decision for you. So what, you will stop having breakfast at 10.30 in the morning, period. Not anymore. It's not anymore, I know, but at the time. Now yeah. it's all day breakfast. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Defense wouldn't actually have any. <laughs> <Mr. Defense>. <laughs> <laughs> that was his name. Um, that movie's really good. We should watch it again. So with Money Monster, what I really liked here was the... What the movie's... The, the whole thing of the movie is why don't we question things, really? Why do we just go along with what is going on, right? So... In this movie, and it's it's clear at the beginning, it says, "Oh crap! This 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 company that you put your money on, it had a glitch in its software, and that's why its stock is down." And everybody goes, "Oh, that's why its stock is down," and just goes on with their day, yeah. daily days of life. But when you look behind the scenes, what does that actually mean? A glitch in the software? Like, why does that end up losing eight hundred? How much? Yeah, and people. $800 million. Where's all that money gone? Like, just because of a glitch? It just disappears, all that money? If you look into it a bit closer, start looking into it, a glitch is just an excuse. Oh, of course. For a... But nobody... I mean, we don't, do we? In, in life, we're told, oh, your power went out because a Transformer blew. We don't know, actually, if that was the case. <laughs> That's true. It could be some politicky thing somewhere that said they're not putting a new Transformer in, so it blew. You know, there could be a story behind it. Always. Listen to you with the conspiracy theories. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a thing that fits with, a, you know, like, oh, why did your electricity go off three times last week? Or why did our electricity go up, you know, by 10% last year? Well, they gave us something about how much their costs are and blah, blah, blah. We don't actually know that. No. You just take it. You take it for granted. You take a letter from them that tells you that. You know why? Okay. Because people are raised being told when you're a child that the authority figure who's telling you... To sit down and shut up, right. and do your homework, and put yeah. on your socks, and clean up your room, and brush your teeth. That you don't question them, you don't doubt them, because they, otherwise you'll get in trouble. And you learn over time, or most people do. I don't learn that lesson very good, but your personality, a lot of personality people, a lot of people with a certain personality, go along, and cumulatively, we all have that exact. We're we're fifty years old, and yet any authority, a quote unquote authority tells us something, we just go, oh, okay. And it also seems, in real life, if you had put $10,000 on Apple, and they tell you the day after, there was a glitch in the system, so you lost your $10,000, 
it also seems impossible to challenge that. Because that's, oh, yeah. that's just how it is. Like, <laughs> Without taking a gun onto a TV right. show. <laughs> so <laughs> a man taking a gun to a TV show actually makes sense. This movie actually, it, of course somebody would blow the top and maybe they wouldn't get in so easily. There are some I mean, jokes people in- have over other issues. It's the same kind of a reaction, but with different issues, obviously. Religion and politics and whatnot. I think there yeah. are some jumps in logic in this movie. Like, it is a movie. You can, f- It's got things to say and it bases itself in real life. But I, I think there were things where I was like, okay, you're going a little bit too far here. Like, yeah, that would never happen. With the way security is in New York, that wouldn't be happening. A man walking down the street with... He would have been... They both would have been shot in the head by now, like, to, to contain that incident. There's no... I don't know that. See, you're assuming. I just I feel know. that, like, with the way New York is on alert all the time, that just seemed like a circus going on, like, ooh, like towards True. the end of the movie. Just for a film's sake, you know? So, you have to just go with this movie. Don't think, oh, that would never happen. Because if you do, you'll start thinking, oh, none of that will happen. Because it is. The way he gets in there is a bit too easy and convenient, you know? Um, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I really wouldn't. It felt a bit that that way. No, that felt totally realistic to me. I mean, I just thought New York would be really... Not a TV station. Well, a TV station especially, like, yeah. Why? Like a news station. Because why? Because it's the place to come and voice your concerns to the world, isn't it? It doesn't mean they're gonna have high security. Well, I I thought secu- there's nothing special about they them. They want to protect their uh, people. They want to, especially there's after nothing more important about them than they, I know, but the news, the TV studio. It's not the news channel. It's just a TV studio. Yeah, but you've got like a on-air celebrity. So why they're to, nothing? Well, they are to to the to the company, right? They're their money. They're the you know they don't want somebody to come in and shoot them. I don't know about that. I, I mean, I'm not saying they do. I'm saying I don't. I think you're overestimating how the shit works. In reality, you got a lot of those security guards who aren't police. They're not. They're just there, hanging around. You know, they're doing their job, but they're not on high alert at all times. So that part didn't bother me. The, no, the some, end part, it was more like a circus. Yeah. Some of the things to me, yeah. But as a movie, you know, you, yeah, we're getting to a point. We're trying to make this point, and we're trying to out- make it entertaining. Yeah, make it more thrilling. I can see, you know. But quite, there are jumps in logic where you have to kind of go, oh, okay, this is just a movie. It took me out of it a little bit and went, oh, yeah, this is a movie Yeah, now. me too. When they left the studio, it was the big... Yeah, I was, I was like, what? Yeah, like, why are we leaving this... Like, this... And going to what's called the Federal Building. Yeah, like... Which is even... <laughs> all, all that seemed... Like, it didn't... It, it isn't even necessary. It could have all took place in that studio. Even yeah. the showdown and everything. It could have all took place there. But you couldn't have got the guy there, though. I guess you could if he... No, you couldn't have. Story-wise, there was no way to lure him there. No. But, um... I liked it as a, th- as a thriller. It's, it's relatively short, too. 90-minute movie. It's tight. There's no, like, it's lingering. It's right, It I feels think. Um, like it's always moving. It's very... Um, suspenseful in parts. You don't actually know fully what's going to happen. The bad guy's really good, I think. Yeah, he was a good choice for the bad guy. Yeah. Really I don't mean good. the... I mean the... Kyle. He's not like... I mean, he's the anti-hero. Yeah, but he's good. He's engaging to watch. He is. We've all seen and heard stories. The Bonnie and Clyde's. The uh, Sundance and... What's his name? Butch Cassidy Butch and Cassidy the Sundance, and the Sundance kid. kid. You know, uh, the like, one you're, that you like is... Uh, which one? Uh, what's it called? With Juliet... Lewis. 
Natural born killers. Natural born killers, where the criminals become like folk heroes. Yeah, and that's, that's the idea. That's the of. idea of this guy. Like you do, obviously at the beginning when he pulls a gun on us, think you're like, oh shit, don't like this guy, he's bad. But I'm then not it, sure. It quickly gets. I already hated George Clooney's character, so I was like, eh, yeah. Right. But that's the thing too. <laughs> In this movie, George Clooney is a complete douche. And, <laughs> yes. I mean, he is. That's what he is like. So it's hard to like him. Yes, he's got some charming quips and stuff at the beginning when he's playing off Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, but it's hard to like him because it's it's clear he's an asshole. He shows us like an assholeish show, isn't it? But there's a journey in his character, and there's a journey in the other guy's character too um, that I felt like happening. Like, oh yeah, it's slowly compounding. Yeah, I mean, George and, Clooney and is slowly getting a heart about things, or not just a heart, a clue, like. Oh, yeah, like, I haven't really thought too much about this. I even probably lost some money on this thing, and I didn't question it. I move on and do the next deal, right? He even starts to think that. So And you do feel, I felt, super manipulated. Yeah. Because it is it is a short-ish movie, and so you get this very abbreviated trip. But it didn't feel that way too bad to me. I didn't feel like I was being rushed or anything. I just felt it was very straightforward I'm going. We're going to manipulate you now into turning your head around on these two people. It's just really obvious. Yeah, but that was fine. I, I felt I went along with it. I was cool with it. Now, what's interesting is uh, Julia Roberts plays uh, Patty, who's his like um, producer, producer, uh, director, director, sorry, producer, <laughs> and she's in the booth, so she's talking to him in his ear all the way through. That's kind of the um, thing of the movie. Like he's got the earpiece in, and she can communicate with him. The gunman doesn't know that she's communicating with him, even though he hmm. does say some stuff out loud sometimes. And I, I was like, oh, surely he's going to cotton on. Because he says some stuff out loud that she says, like... But it, but I guess the gunman thinks, oh, he's just talking to himself, or he's saying it to me. You're suspending your beliefs still, yeah. so that's good. There's a that's bit of good. that, too. <laughs> yes. But, um... Interestingly, I just re- reading all the trivia of this movie... Uh, it actually says in the extras, Julia Roberts and George Clooney, because George Clooney's in the studio and she's in the control booth, they actually filmed it all separately, apart from the first... There's two scenes in the movie where they're together. But all of the rest of it, they're just watching each other's... Julia Roberts is watching what's already been filmed of George Clooney. I thought that was really clever, actually. And you don't even think of that. Aside from, at the end of the movie, I was like, "Hold, hold on a second. There's a scene where they sit down together. Because you have like, to realize, in the the movie is a TV show inside of a movie, and not only just a TV show inside of a movie, but you're watching the TV show being filmed and watching segments of the TV show. So you're either in the show, watching the show being filmed, or you're watching scenes as if it's the you know there's like three really layers. There. So it's all mixed yeah. together, and yeah, you get like a very s- sense of like uh, story in a story kind of. And it works. And she's um, on the outside, and he's on the inside. Right, and it, that thing where you where you said like sometimes you see the TV show, sometimes you see the real life. It all works. You understand always what you're watching, because the actual real life, not real life, but the footage that is, you know, the actual shots of them, not in the TV show, but in the TV show, but not in the TV show. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Their color, their, the color of that film is different. It's got that gritty kind of like um, color tone on top of it. But the TV show is lit like a TV show. 
so it's quite clear which is which. And I, I like that how it's done. Um, the cameras look slightly different. Whatever camera they use to film the TV show, well, they said broadcast cameras as opposed to film cameras behind the cameras. It must have been confusing, and like the editor must have been like, "You seem oh. cool with it, though. I think you saw. <laughs> I think you liked it." Yeah, actually. I mean, imagine how much yeah. you've got this footage from all different cameras, different grades of film, different look, and you've got. I, don't to know, edit I think that an editor would think that's heaven. Yeah, probably thinks it's not overwhelming. Probably at takes all. a while though. Because usually, you have a very limited amount of choices. Like you have a certain amount of footage from one camera or two cameras, and that's it. You have to piece that together. This way, you've got like loads of choices. So it's kind of an interesting way to do it. Plus, she said they did it all in order. So yeah, from the minute our characters meet each other, it's actually time. the beginning. Not real time. Not real time. In order, they from the moment the characters meet. She said the scenes were shot in real time, but all scenes are shot she in real time. She didn't mean real time. Always. She didn't say real time. She meant in time as in our characters meet on the first day of filming, and that's the first scene we're doing, and every scene after that is all in order, not first scene, last scene, third scene, twelfth scene, like they do a lot of times in movies. They just went It makes sense for this movie, because... I think it makes sense for any movie, Like she but... said, the relationship between George Clooney and... Not George Clooney. Lee Gates and the Kyle character. It, they hadn't even met each other, the actors, on day one. So, you know, imagine that young actor, he knows, a, you know, he's working with George Clooney, he's probably shitting himself. Or he's really calm about it and he, he thinks he's, you know, cool. But you can feel the relationship definitely between them as it goes on, those two, especially. Um, Julia Roberts and George Clooney, there's already a relationship between them. So that just feels... Like, they've worked together for 30 years to me. Immediately, right? Oh, it's very obvious. Like, if you didn't know it, you'd still feel like they were, like, brother and sister or something kind of feeling. Their relationship in real life is what? They just, like, work with each other forever? Yeah. They're not, like, ever been married or anything. Not that I'm aware of. No. I, I don't know if people would... The way they were talking about them, it was like, oh, the... You know, they've, but I guess it's just they've been in so many movies and stuff and worked together that they just pretty much know each other really well, right? Um, so, yeah, the movie, what did you think of the movie itself as in terms of, did you think it was thrilling? Did you think it was a good story? Do you think the whole... I like the story. It's not it great. Apart? It's not new. It's not anything like, you know, it's not... Uh, where you just go, wow, I've never thought of that before, obviously. And it's very straightforward, which is what I like. It's economical, as we like to say about Clint Eastwood movies. You know, it gets to the point. It's very Hollywoody, though. As it well. is very it's Hollywoody. It's not indie kind of filmed or anything. Oh no, no. It's very. It's really high quality made. I think. Yeah. It's just that you have those moments of suspended belief where you have to just go along with it, and I don't mind that. They feel a bit old school at parts like that. I, I go back to like movies like Lethal Weapon where. It seems grounded, and then you start watching it, and some ridiculous things happen, and you're like, okay, just it's just a movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those action scenes are a bit, you know, it goes a bit crazy. Bad Boys, for instance, seems like really grounded, then these cars flip, you know, flying through the air in slow motion and stuff. It's like, okay, this is a bit stylized. That's kind of what... But here, it's not style. Well, it is stylized, isn't it? No. It has a style to it. Yeah, but it's not stylized. It's just very straightforward. Like, extremely straightforward. There's nothing fancy or weird. It with doesn't the seem work to me like anything. it would have cost much to make. In fact, it's Maybe very, really it's very contained. Like 
You have Julia Roberts and George Oh, I Clooney. don't mean in terms of paying the actors. I mean, just the physical, like, most of it is in this TV studio. Most yeah, but then they go outside. They have to have stopped a whole New York City street and had helicopters she are going said, over. They which said is they did that for four weekends. Illegal. You have to have a very high dollar permit to be able to have that happen. So it probably, right. that was probably really expensive. Can't you just put a CG helicopter in the air? <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And you it was there know. for like two seconds. Yeah, didn't that, even, exactly. Yeah. And that would be cheap. Oh, well, sure. they got shots from there too. Right. So, well, drone. could have used a drone. Yeah. I don't know if that's legal over New York City, but. So um, let's move on to the I cast. just think it's high quality. It is. The story is straightforward and it speaks to a very mass number, high number of people as long as you take the context of it and say, it's not just about Wall Street. It's about everything we're told. When insur- when your insurance company decides and tells you that last, last year <coughs> we covered your kids' allergy shots. Sorry, this year we don't. And that's just the way it is. And you go, oh, um, I mean, they could okay. even give you an excuse that doesn't make much sense they to you. They don't, But though. you just question it. They just, they'll say... You don't question it. Exactly. You question it because you bitch about it. But, but then there's no, like you said, there's no, like, connection between me and the big system. Your cable company says, your internet is $10 more this year than last year because we had to install some new equipment. <laughs> yeah. That's just, it could be just fabricated. They, no, they might not be any equipment at all Correct. that you're talking about. So you don't, you should question things is what this movie says. Microsoft says, we're going to charge $700 for the next Xbox because we took a loss on the last one. Microsoft story. says. We only sold $17 billion. My, our Microsoft says the next operating system, Windows 10, is free for everybody. But is it really? Like, <laughs> if you go deep, dig deep, there's a price. Layers, they're actually taking yep. some information in exchange for a free thing. So it's not. It is a platform for you seems. to spend more money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're actually also data mining We're the customers. We're also brainwashed. Because they need the information to go and sell you things. So. Nothing. So that's the moral of this thing. Nothing is free, <laughs> and everybody's out to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and always question if if something like this occurs, and they say it's just a glitch, so you lose all your money. You say, what exactly is that glitch, and can I have it explained thoroughly? Yeah, you see a news story that says blah 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 da da da, and this fund is now empty, and you go to work, and everybody's like, that was our retirement fund. That's why they've been investing right. all our money, and then you everybody goes, well, it's gone. We're done. And question, yeah. No question. <laughs> He's just like, because the path to the answer, like, we get to it in the movie, which is a little ridiculous. And simply oversimplified. Because there's a dude who actually has made the decisions, but yeah. Yeah, but in the way, in terms so you're of you're saying this, the theme of the actual idea of the movie, the heart of the movie is, the moral of the story is, question everything. Yeah. Don't take everything for face value. Because this man did, in this movie, this Kyle guy. And thought, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. I will bet everything on this guy. And then this guy doesn't actually really 100% know what he's talking about. He just gives you an idea every day. And uh, some days it's wrong. <laughs> no kidding. So, uh, yeah, it's very easy to be screwed over. Even though you sh- it's also partly your stupidity, this cow guy. Because you should... I mean, yep. he's in a desperate situation. It's got, it's got very, very... His woman is seems very difficult <laughs> to me. We movie. only find that out later. And in she the says, deleted but, scene. But she says what we all are thinking to a degree, not yeah, the words, but the idea that you're an idiot. Like I can see why that scene it. was deleted, though, because it made her seem... Really horrible. Horrible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the movie, she seems like the voice of reason, actually. Correct. Like you're an idiot, you're a loser. 
So uh, moving on to the actors, George Clooney plays Lee Gates. I know you are not a big fan of George Clooney. Not a big fan. I like him in spurts. It's not every time I, I like him. Um, last time we saw him was Gravity, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, he was all right. Um, he is a little bit one note for me. This was better. He's going up on my charts. Yeah, well, better. what he did in this one was um, had fun with this part, I believe. He tried to get himself... Like, you know, there's, there's a thing at the beginning of the movie where he comes and does a funny dance. Because this character's like an asshole. And this character does his show, his money monster show, that's where the title comes from, as this character, this over-the-top guy who, you know, presses the button and spins the wheel and all stupid shit to, like, get people watching it. And he does this dance, and he got really into it, I thought. I didn't feel like George Clooney. I thought, oh, wow, he's really having... Yeah, I I was convinced he could be a guy on one of those shows. Yeah, really, like, take it, like... Like, I'm George Clooney, I'm really cool. Like, people see me as this cool dude in these movies. But fuck it, I'm just going to be stupid and, like, go all out there for this guy. That's how I felt he did in this. So, yeah, I think he was a little bit better in this movie. He is really good in some... Michael Clayton's a good example. Yep. He's excellent in that movie. Because it requires, like, him to be serious and not full of himself. The American. The American is a fantastic movie. You should watch that. I think that might be my favourite George Clooney movie. Because it's like... It's, it's really this, quiet. Yeah, really quiet. Like the even the action scenes have no music. They don't have. You know, I'd like to see it again. Actually, it's that good. It's like a. It's almost like a Bond film, without the Bond um, grandiose that they put on it to make it all spectacular. It's like this very quiet. He's a well, he's a hitman, isn't he? Hitman spy kind of guy doing his thing. And it's not big and boomy explosions, but it's really interesting. So, yeah, that, that's a good suggestion for a recommendation. So, yeah, George Clooney, actually quite good in this movie. Julia Roberts, what did you think of her as Patty Fenn? I think she was good, and I think that she... I don't know about good, I mean, she fits, and I was convinced as well that this is a woman who directs a TV show. Hmm. Like, she felt... Right. Every movement, every the way she spoke to everybody on the staff, there wasn't a grandiosity about her, you know? I, I just feel, think she's... I feel like, like we don't much. see her that much these days, do we? She's not in a ton of movies like she used to be. Let's be honest. Do these people need, need to, to make be, movies ever again? No, but <laughs> if you like the act of making movies, then, you know, you would keep doing them, wouldn't you? But she seems to be very thinly spread. Like George Clooney, I feel like we see him a lot. He comes up, he comes up. Mm. But yeah, um, she's a good actress. She doesn't seem to age. <laughs> There's something that she, she... I don't know. She's, she's not glamorous or anything. She wears the slumpiest clothes and she's not made up at all. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like the relationship between her, her and George Clooney. It's kind of a bit frayed because, she, you know, he's a complete ass. She's worked for him for a while. She's actually going to leave this show because of him. Because he's... To get cope. Gets well, we don't know if that's why. Seems like he seems like. I think maybe she's stuck and she she's not going to get. Feels any- like she's beneath this. Like I mean, above this. Like I she, don't think that at all. I think she feels like this is it. This I mean, be the, the exact show. same show. I don't think so at all. I think it's the same thing every day, and someone else needs to be here for you, not me. That's it. And she's going across the road, which uh, <laughs> is we know, don't know what it like is. Like in real, like in real um, life, all those. 
news places are all together in that big road, on that road, and uh, maybe going across the road is going to the other channel, the one that's maybe. a bit more sophisticated or whatever, I don't know. But um, Jack O'Connell plays Kyle Budwell, he's like the antagonist slash hero, anti-hero. I mean, you feel for him in parts, you hate him in parts. I never hated him. Well, there was there was a time where I was like, "You gotta get this violent asshole out of here!" Like, what the hell is he doing? Like, oh, I don't. I never thought that even for a second. When he's waving a gun at the crew and stuff. Nah. Um, well, that, to me, it did. I was antagonist. This one know. thing in my my suspension of belief did never. I never felt he was a threat to anybody of any kind. I, I think that was the idea. He wasn't supposed to feel like a massive threat. Um, he was supposed to. The the bigger threat is down the line. It's not actually him, is it? <laughs> in the whole scheme of things. But uh, what did you think of him? He's a British actor, by the way. Those are really good, and I felt like there were moments of like where I could see this guy, this underdog guy who's working for a living, and then other times it was a little bit of a play. Same. This with whole George movie Clooney. feels like a play. Yeah, there were times when their acting was, but then they're on a TV studio stage in front of lights and cameras. Yeah. So, you know, I have to think in real life how that affects somebody's behavior, but I don't want to overthink it. I just think there are times when he was a little bit too much of the, you know, play acting, and then other times, exact. I mean, there were certain moments when I was like, yep, there's that. There's the character guy. And if you feel like you've seen this Jack O'Connell guy before, if you've seen the movie Eden Lake, which is an awesome British uh, horror Awesome horror. horror. Uh, I call it horror-ish, because it's not actually horror it's, it's horrible. Like real horror. <laughs> like, I mean, excuse me. The movie's really good, but it's really horrible. And it stars Michael Fassbender, who before he became, you know, Michael really Fassbender. super. <laughs> yeah, before he, yeah, before he took off, really. So, uh, but this guy was the bad guy in that too. So, yeah, if you want to see a cool film with this Kyle Budwell guy, I like that he was an unknown too, because Americans won't know that guy at all, will they? It's be the first time they've seen him, probably. So that was cool, as to not put, like, the obvious person in there. You know, some other guy we all know. It felt better that way to me. That was good casting. Because you could have just put... Who in that age bracket do you know off the top of your head? He's not in... The first thing that came to mind was Ryan Phillippe. But he's probably (laughs) 20 years older than that, right? He's, like, 20 years older (laughs) than you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You're living in the past. Harry Potter. See what I'm saying? He's a, he's probably our age. No. Close to our age. No. I, I watched him in Harry Potter when he was a child, and I was not a child. True. <laughs> what? He might he's only 30 be 30 like, years younger than me. You reckon? Oh, Daniel Radcliffe. I'd say he was 30. Is that, is that your first guess? I'm thinking he's okay. 30, so that would be 26 years younger than me. Okay. I'll Daniel Radcliffe age. Is one of the Google searches. Yeah. I mean, he, he's 27. Holy right. Shit, yeah, he's not our age. <laughs> <laughs> he's a child. And I always accuse you of having this weird distortion of time yeah. and age. And I, that. I was like, just like, hold on a second. In that first Harry Potter movie, he was a child. <laughs> and I was like a man. <laughs> so that doesn't really add up. <laughs> All right. So well, there you go. Jack O'Connell, excellent. Um, Catriona Balfe. I think that's how you say it. She played Diane Lester. Um, she's an Irish actress, again, you know, like, not known. She's not like, oh, everybody be like, oh, that girl. She's in a few movies, nothing, she's in a lot of British stuff, so Americans should be new to them. She's really good. Yeah, really what, good. In fact, one of my favourite things about I the movie. I felt like her, you she know. She played the 
communications officer. Communications of this company that is, has done the deed. So she has to. She's the face of the company. And she, she goes through the same exact journey that George Clooney does. Yeah. I'm convinced. I'm sold on the idea. I'm doing the right thing. Holy shit! I'm standing in front of somebody who's a dickhead. Yeah. I mean, I'm standing up for somebody. Yeah. So I really liked her. Thought she was really good. She played it well. She played it cool. She played it uh, at the beginning when she's just thrust into the situation. She played it like I am panicking. What the fuck am I supposed to do here? I don't understand how I can make this look good. But she's just reading off the script, you know. So um, Dominic West plays Walt Camby. He's like the uh, CEO. He's pretty much the Steve Jobs of that company. Like the main head honcho. What did you think of him? Mm, I actually didn't like him. Not just didn't like his character. Felt like I didn't feel he was... He's not actually in this movie a lot. Either. I didn't feel like he was sleazy enough. And maybe that's the point. That's just any of these jerk-offs who... Could be somebody who's not even sleazy at all. But he... He was, like, skirting the line, and so I didn't really like him. Yeah, and Dominic West, if you do not know who he is, he's in the movie 300. Um, he's one of the uh, beefcakey Spartans. <laughs> one of the many. It kind of blends. Yeah, he's one of the main ones, though. So um, this is directed by Jodie Foster. Um, she has directed... A legend. She directed some other things. She directed Little Man Tate, which is an excellent movie. She directed The Beaver, which I never saw, but we did see the trailer of. She directed it? Written and directed it, yeah. She wrote it. And directed it. Yeah. I watched the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she also directed a couple of episodes of Orange is the New Black, uh, which I watch, which is really cool. And the episodes that she directed were quite a bit different than the episodes that she doesn't direct, because they always have a message when she's doing it. Uh, And the message was about lesbianism in Orange is the New Black. Which fits with her own views, right? So, I don't know. Not every lesbian has messages about lesbianism. So no, I don't think that's well, accurate. Well, I, I, I believe that the two episodes that she directed were is actually about lesbian rights. So the, there's a reason she probably directed and wrote those. Not just because she's a lesbian. But because well, I'm saying it, I didn't say just because. Oh. I'm saying it fits with her personal views, which, you know, she's a lesbian, right? I know, but that doesn't make you an activist. No, I'm not saying she's an activist. I'm saying the episodes that she wrote fit with her personal views. That's all I'm saying. Her personal views of what? Being a lesbian. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You can be a lesbian and I'll have any political personal views about no, the, lesbian the, rights the whatsoever. The New- they weren't political. They you were just about, about a relationship between some lesbians. And lesbians' rights, you said. No, that's not what I said. You did say lesbian rights. No, that's not. It was about a, re- a relationship between two women in the prison, right? And the, both episodes are about that. She obviously has knows what that is, right? Well, I'm, I'm sure lots of relationships are written from points of view that have nothing to do with those relationships. But I get what you're saying. I just don't think that's exactly a straight line to it. That would mean that every relationship of every movie that's between lesbian, oh. homosexuals, heterosexuals have to be written by those people. And what I'm not. saying is those episodes of Orange is the New Black feel very different to the other episodes. I could tell when she directed them because there was more of a point to them. Right. You know when I say Spike Lee is heavy-handed with a point? Yep. There was a point to these two episodes that she brought with her, I guess. So um, extras on this Blu-ray are there are deleted scenes, three of them, the first one's interesting. It's an actual, uh, completely different opening. What did you think of that? It was, in, uh, it was Better a little or too, worse? No, I, I mean, I it, it looked like it cost some money. 
I just prefer the one that's on it, because that one looks a little too flashy or cheesy. Also, I think it reveals some things a little bit too up front. I mean, you wouldn't understand what, what they're revealing until you saw further down the line, but I prefer how it actually is in them. Just to correct you again, as I do often, she did not write The Beaver. Someone else wrote Sorry, it. Sorry, directed, yeah. She did direct it. I yeah. mean, she probably co-wrote it eventually, but as a writer, she did not write it. It looks really crappy. They're the only three films she's directed. I mean, the only three things. Little Man Tate, The Beaver, and Orange is the New Black. But she obviously starred in many movies. You know who Jodie Foster is. Yeah. Um, so the, the extras are deleted scenes, three of them. The first one's an alternate opening. Which is actually very, very elaborate for something that was cut out. Um, yeah, so I mean, worth, you get the same watching. content later in the movie, it's just not put together yeah, this you do. way. Uh, there's one called George Clooney, The Money Man. It focuses on George Clooney. It's kind of press kit kind of type thing. Inside the pressure cookers, like the making of it. But again, it's very brief. And uh, you do get to see Jodie Foster on set a lot and how she works. There's analysis of a scene, the showdown, which shows you how they did the outside part. When they walk down the street. Um, there's also uh, a music video, which is... There's a rap song, which is the opening theme of the Money Monster. That's how crass the Money Monster um, show yeah. is. It starts with rap music. It's it's the graphics that it shows the you. rap is crass? <laughs> well, it, it is in terms of the stock market. Yeah, it's not something you would expect for this kind of, this stock market show. His show is bizarre. It's a little bit bizarre, you've got to admit. I w- I've been watching the Eric Andre show recently, where it's got that bizarre tone to it. <laughs> that show has a bizarre tone to it, The Money Monster. For what it's dealing with, it's making a, like, a... It's st- got a hook. Trying to make a um, an entertainment show out of something quite boring. That's what it's trying to do. Which is what they do, isn't it? Um, jo- Jodie Foster also directed another movie called Home for the Holidays. I've never seen that movie. Never either. I mean, I think I've heard of it. Robert Downey Jr., Holly Hunter. A comedy. I guess. <laughs> it was just on our little list. I was like, ah, never heard of that one. So, not um, in it. Yeah, those are the extras on this Blu-ray. They're not great, to be honest. They're more press kit type things. Like, they're all five minutes long. You can tell they were made to shove on HBO before the movie is coming up. It's to... enough, though, for me. Some movies, that's enough. I like a commentary with Jodie Foster, to be honest. Um... Because she looked interested. How she was directing looked interesting. And she's very serious about it. You can tell. So I'd very. like to hear some technical aspect and stuff. But not this time. So uh, what, what's your conclusion? Money Monster. I enjoyed it. It's entertaining. It will make you think. My word is thoughtful. It may not make you think super deep or anything. It's not going to change your life. And yet, if the next time something does happen that actually impacts your life financially... And you feel helpless or hopeless about it, you, it that's probably how it's going to be. However, it doesn't mean you can't question it. I'm you very, know, you're not a puppet on a string. I'm very, very surprised in this day and age that that has not happened. Not that exactly, but somebody come on a live TV show and pointed a gun at the hosts. There has been a live news feed of a guy came up and shot the news lady. Yeah, that happened, yeah. yeah. But I mean in a big studio, you know, like... Well, that counts. She got killed. I know it counts, but I'm <laughs> talking about who's your big... Who's the big... Um, big name star host for, you know, Regis and Kelly, whoever. And somebody mm-hmm. just walks into that studio. They probably can't. It's probably security up there. But I'm surprised that does not happen. Because if, you, if you're in that mind of I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory... 
what better than to be on the big, you know, tens of millions of people watching you? I'm surprised it hasn't happened, and that seems Are you trying to put together a kit of telling people how to do it? <laughs> this movie. Step number one. To do it. Just wander in with two boxes. Pick a, mo- pick a show and go from there. Pretend to be a delivery guy, wander in and just wander into the set. Ta-da! That's how, that seems to be how it works in this movie. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's entertaining. You know, it. it's not like... It's, it's kind of... It's entertaining. It's got a message. But it's still kind of fluffy. Yep. It's not deep or any. It's not Michael Clayton or it's. It, it never gets too much into it. It's. It still tries. It, it actually interesting. That might be the clever thing about it. It tries to keep itself like the show Money Monster, like this entertaining thing. It never tries to bog itself down with conspiracies and. But if you walk away thinking, "Oh, that's probably something I should," I think that might you know that part yeah. of its thing, part of its message is. That we're stimulated by silly, <laughs> shiny things. Aren't Not we? everyone. I mean, everyone has their yeah. Yeah, we're all magpies, but the shiny thing might be something different to everybody. Right. So uh, yeah, Money Monster. Uh, thanks to Sony for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. You can win a copy of The Huntsman: Winter's War at the moment. Um, next week's Blu-ray review. We're going in the horror dimension next week. With the Conjuring Two, and you're going to say I say Conjuring wrong, but no, <sighs> that's just my accent. It's wrong. That's it's just not, my accent. It's not your accent. I bet I could ask a million people from England that they don't all say Conjuring. Always said it. Conjure. It's a C O N. How do you say convict? You don't say convict. You say convict. All my life, I've said Conjuring. <laughs> if you speak to anybody I I'm know, just saying, who came from where I came letters, from, they will say Conjuring. Yeah, too. but those three letters, how do you say them? They will say, "What's that man's profession?" And you'll they'll, they'll, you'll say, "A conjurer." Always said it. But doesn't so I say C O N? It means and it's, my accent I is did different not to yours. I say it was wrong. I'm saying it's not right. <laughs> there is a I ain't big, changing it. I'm not asking you to change it, but I'm not going to not point it out every time. It kind of like is a little toothpick poking. So next week, expect the podcast to be two hours long because every time I say the conjuring, you will point it out. <laughs> Why can't you just say it the way I want? I don't want to. It's really? Because that would be changing the way. It's I am. not difficult. No. Con. I'm just, the question is, how do you say convict? Convict. Conjuring. Look at how you spell conjuring. Conjuring. It's really simple. Conjuring. I'm gonna I'm gonna do an online survey of all the people where you're from. I want them to say it. They'd say conjuring. <laughs> they won't. I know they won't. They, they would. Uh, well. So, uh, movie recommendations. I am going with the Conjuring and the Conjuring Two. No, I'm not actually. I'm going with, on the basis of Money Monster. I'm going with the Truman Show because this movie does have elements of the Truman Show moments. There was moments where I was like, ah, it's just like the Truman Show. Um, especially I wouldn't without, elevate it to that point, but I know what you're especially saying. Especially without the people who are watching this thing go down are kind of reacting to it. Like it's a there's danger going on on the TV, and they're looking at it as though it's the next soap You're watching opera a spectacle. Watch. Yeah. From the comfort of your seat at the bar. Or and at having work. fun and sitting down with drinks to watch it. Correct. Uh, when it's but actually, let's not elevate it to the Truman Show. No, I don't level. mean... I yeah. just mean there's a definite vibe of watching something in a voyeuristic way that you shouldn't be looking at it in that way, perhaps. Because it's somebody's life and it's danger. And you're just looking at it like it's fun, you know? It isn't Big Brother. It's actually somebody having a gun pointed at them in a studio, right? Um, And the other one is The Wolf of Wall Street, which is my favourite Wall Street-type 
financial movie. Um, Martin Scorsese it won an Oscar a few years ago. Awesome movie. Yours are? Mine are... I tried to pick up on these movies with the theme that there's some big thing going on that we're just not aware of. We're just puppets. On, you know, we're just... Or not even puppets. We're nothing. We're ants crawling around and this whole big thing is happening and we're just not clued in, right? So I thought of Enemy of the State, which is one of your favorites. Will Smith. And Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Tony I don't remember Scott. it being that great. Tony Scott. You love it because it's Tony Scott. Now mm. I know. Uh, Conspiracy Theory. Also not great. That's Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. Not great. Yeah. However, it is about a person who everybody thinks is crazy because he thinks there's a bunch of conspiracy theories. And it turns out, spoiler alert, maybe there are some conspiracy theories. Did you see the tagline to this movie? Uh-uh. Look at the tagline at the bottom. Not every conspiracy is a theory. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and my third one is, and I'm not going to tell you why. I want you to watch the movie. If you like horror movies. If you've watched a lot of horror movies, watch yeah, it. Yeah, watch it's best it. not to know anything yep. about it. Just watch Cabin in the Woods. That was my recommendation. Alright, games and A-Schooly <laughs> stuff for this week. I've been playing a couple of games. One just hit me out of nowhere and I'm very excited. It's called Red Out. Did someone throw it at your head? Red Out. R-E-D-O-U-T. And if you like the game Wipeout on the um, PlayStation, Sony... Uh, all the game F-Zero on Nintendo, which you'll know, those are like racing games, but they take place in the future. So you're not actually in a car, you're in a, what they call, AG vehicle, which is an anti-gravity sled, almost. It's like um, magnets on the track, and the vehicles are the opposite to the magnets on the track. So the magnetism, uh, where it, what do you call that, where it? Repels. Repels itself. But, you know, they're, they're configured in a, in a way that they don't fly off into the air. They, they just hover on the track, just on this on these magnets. So it's a racing game where you're in these vehicles that are powered by magnets that go ridiculous speeds, like a thousand miles an hour. And it's a racing game, pure racing game. You don't shoot at anybody like you do in Wipeout on this one. Red out. You, um, it's obvious that it's called Red Out because they love Wipeout, but you don't shoot anybody. It's just about getting the best times around the tracks. You're racing against other, pe- other people online or you're racing against uh, AI. There's a career mode. Um, but it is really, the graphics are awesome. It's really, really smooth, like 60 frames per second, like it should be this kind of game. The controls are really spot on and tight to, you know, it's, it's a really excellent game. It's on the, um, it's on Steam actually. Uh, only at the moment. I think it's coming to the consoles next year. But that's called Red Out. Um, it's not cheap, I don't think. It's like $40, I believe. Which seems pricey for a, you know, racing game these days. On PC, especially. It usually come out about $20, but it's really high quality. It's got awesome music like Wipeout does, all techno music in the background. Recommended by me. The other game, which another game that I love on the Sony platforms, played it many, many times, is Luminez. You remember Luminez? Of course. Puzzle game. Uh, came out originally on the PSP. Then it came to um, consoles. It came to the PS3 and the Xbox 360. And then it came to the PS Vita. Did it come to the PS Vita? No, it didn't. <laughs> it was on the consoles last. 
And then finally, now it's on iOS and Android. Uh, it costs two ninety nine on the Google Play Store or the or the Android Store, uh, iOS Store, and it's Luminez on your tablet or your phone. Now, I was thinking it might be kind of crappy because you've got no control pad. You actually have to use the screen, touch screen. Usually is a bad recipe for disaster with anything, right? If you have to manipulate things quickly. But it actually works really well on a touch screen. How they've done it is, when a block is falling, if you don't know what Luminez is, it's basically like Tetris, but with squares instead of shapes. And the squares have different colours of them, and you have to match the colours up. Now, you spin the you spin the blocks around to change where the colours are, and you move the... Like in Tetris, you bring them down to the bottom. So in Tetris, you would press the D-pad down to move the things down, and you would press a button to spin them around. Now, how they've done it on the touch screen is you press, you tap the touch screen to turn the block around, and you swipe down on the touch screen to swipe the blocks down into place. Sounds hard. It is not hard at all. It's like immediately, as soon as I picked it up, I was like, this is going to be weird, isn't it? Because I'm used to playing buttons and D-pad. It was absolutely simple. I actually aced my first got through 100%, so that means they got the controls right, because I fiddle around with touchscreen controls a lot, find them really awkward, but they managed to do it just right. It's only 2 99 this game, which is unbelievable, because if you go back, even the PSP version of Luminaires, it was $40, because <laughs> they were console games, right? This is all the content of a console game, but it's only $3, which tablet games have the pricing right. You've got to say that, you know? The pricing is just right on tablet games. A lot of them are free, which is a great price. That's the best price. And some of them cost 3 to $5, which is also a great price. If you... You know me, I'll play this Luminez. How many times I'm going to pick this up and play it? This isn't Luminez. But for three bucks. Um, yeah, this this actual game is called... It's not called Luminez Touch. It's just called Luminez. The... Uh, a lot of the songs, because Luminez is actually a rhythm game uh, as well as a puzzle game, it's using a lot of the songs from the PSP version, so I imagine it's cheap because they've already developed this game. <laughs> it's been made for years. It doesn't really need changing, does it? I mean, you drop blocks down and you make... It's so, hard. I've tried it. Yeah. But, I mean, they probably already had this game made. It uses the same skins. A lot of the skins from the old one crop up in this one. A lot of the songs crop up. Shining. What's so the, great about it? The... Luminez hasn't been around for a while, mm. and it's another—it's an easy way to play it now, isn't it? Because you've got yeah. a tablet or a phone, it's really easy to pick up and play. So that is it for uh, my games and exclusive stuff this week. We watched—we talked about Spanguli earlier, Jungle Captive. We watched. We didn't talk about it. That's no, what we, we don't last. usually talk about the movie so much, but that one, Jungle Captive, it was the third in the woman with hair on her trilogy. <laughs> what was it? Ape Woman. Was Ape it? Woman, yeah. Ape Woman trilogy. Because it started with... It was the like, worst of them. It's like uh, Island of Dr. Moreau kind of a thing. He was turning animals into humans. Yep. She was one of them. Then she became... they, Just like now, they decided to make a, fr- a little franchise, a little mini franchise, because mm-hmm. she was so popular. And uh, the thing is about those movies, and you could probably think of some now, but then, like, the... Uh, Wolf, the Wolfman of London or something. There was none. It was like, they're like Scooby-Doo episodes. Yep. They're claiming there's a thing and then you barely see it. Yeah. And then, it, it, I mean, she is the cat, jungle captive lady. She is being turned into a woman uh, woman and an ape. But I mean, 
It's barely there. It's very flimsy. It is very easy to tell that they're just pulling people to the theater. No different than now. So No, no. But it's interesting. I mean, at least now they deliver. If, you, if it says it's Transformers, <laughs> you'll see the Transformers. <laughs> it's not like, hey, come and see Transformers. But here's a movie with There's that one Transformers. Scoot McNary called Monster. Monsters? Yeah. Now, I need to watch it again. It's probably better than I remember. But it's one of those. Blair yeah. Witch Project. Yeah, Jungle Captive was... No Witch. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's old. Um, <laughs> yeah. They have a limited budget for these things, and... Oh, what's Svengoolie? It's a horror host show. Like, uh, it's on every Saturday night. This Saturday's uh, horror host Svengoolie show is a special Star Trek edition. They're showing the pilot episode of the original Star Trek. And he's going to do, like, a voiceover or something over some of the things. So, Seen it. But, um, I've already seen it, but I'll watch it again. Yeah, it's a special one. You won't, actually, because you won't be here. That's true. So, um, That's true. But I have seen that one. Yeah. So, uh, what is for dinner this week? What do you think? Uh, I think it'll be a submarine <laughs> sandwich. Correct. Is that what you call it? A submarine sandwich? Correct. It's not from a submarine. It's, it's shaped, shaped like, like a, a submarine. From... Jimmy. It could be, could be Subway. could be Jimmy John's. I haven't decided. Do I want to get out of the car? Or do I want to... Or do I want to be super lazy? We have chips, so I probably should just Jimmy John's. Okay. Jimmy John's it is. This All is right. not a commercial, by the way. <laughs> They're commercial, actually. We saw a commercial for Jimmy John's cute. this week. It was pretty funny. Um, What's what my advice? What's your advice before we leave? My advice is, and this is coming from a person who doesn't do this very often, who doesn't believe in this philosophy overall in life, so it's kind of weird, but be involved Right? I'm not a hugger. I'm not a touchy-feely person. But I understand that to be involved with people, relationships like marriages and friendships and, you know, I'm a daughter and a sister and all that. And some of these people, including you, like to hug a lot. That's very involving for me. It's like I can look at you, I can talk to you, I can give you a kiss and walk away. I don't need to, like, be embraced by all of your might. (laughs) And yet, I understand... Like, this weekend I went to my class reunion, and I understand that people I haven't seen for 20 years or 10 years or 30 years, it's like this natural, weird response that we do. We go up and we hug each other. Now, I'm not opposed to it. So I will involve myself to whatever whatever that gives the person. I don't know what it is. And also be involved as in going to things and doing things. I am not a fan of American football. Therefore, going to the homecoming game of my high school, where I'm an alumni... It was so boring, I thought I would I could lay down on that bench and go to sleep if it wasn't so noisy. It's really boring. However, you spend your four dollars at the gate, quote unquote gate, you're there. We cheered every once in a while. You know, that's involvement. It may not be the most enthusiastic involvement. But then I went I before that I went to the homecoming parade. A couple I'd say maybe two hundred people were there lining the little street and it's a tiny town. We're talking super tiny, right? And I was surprised at the turnout and yet looking at the parade and my memories of parades in my hometowns, it was different. There was more. Maybe there was too many distractions now, too many other reasons not to like get off your butt and drive into town and watch the parade. I don't know. 
But even oh, yeah, just, I'm sure it's that. Yeah, even just being Football's there. on, blah, blah, blah. Well, not at that time. This was Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Oh, okay. So you could be at work and stuff. That's fair. But yeah. I'm just saying, if you're there and you're available and you're in the kitchen and somebody says, are you going to the parade? You're just like, actually, uh, there's not going to be anybody there. Why would I care? We'll just go there and Why be is it there. on on a Friday at 2 o'clock? That's a terrible time. That's why there's not many people. What do you mean, why? Because everybody's at work. At 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's before the game. You don't understand how things work. Well, so people are at work it. at that time until five o'clock. Not everybody. Yeah, but generally, so you get your better no, turnout. No, people if you did used it to be there were lots more people. Oh, parents would. Maybe there were lots more people live there. Maybe there's less people. It's possible, and there were mm. more buildings as well. But there were a lot of people in that town and in that county at that moment who chose not to be there because it would be boring or it was lame oh, or yeah. whatever. And the thing is, I'm not like I said. I'm not the, like, stand there and be the cheerleader person. But if you want to believe in your, like, small town or your community or your neighborhood and your big city, whatever it is, if you don't be involved in any way and then it all goes away, then it's your own fault. Don't bitch and moan that next year there's no homecoming parade and, well, how'd they come to that decision? We've had a homecoming parade for 50 years. True. Well, you know what? How, how long was the last time you went? When I was in high school, 50 years ago. <laughs> you know? So, and other little things. You can do any little tiny thing. Not just with your family and friends that are close up to you, but, like, if you're connected to a, a larger group, even at work, if you care at all about the people at work, do a little thing. You know? make Do something. Be involved, even on the lowest common level that you can find. It's really not going to hurt you, and... Makes you feel good. Before we go, what happened to you on your bike yesterday? I don't remember. <laughs> Did you get a concussion? No. <laughs> I was riding and something weird. You were already ahead of me. We rode our 20 mile ride, which is 10 miles one way, 10 miles back. And I was just, I could see I you. I wasn't very distance. far ahead of you. You weren't, because no. I was, you know, like, I could see you at the place. You, we, you'd got to the place, and I was coming to the little sign where it says the name of the town. Yeah. So close. And something happened. I I don't I didn't know what to do and the bike kind of veered to the left. I hit this clump of dirt and went down the ditch, <laughs> fell on my ass really hard on my sort of left. I never saw quarter. this. I was in the toilet. Luckily, I have lots of padding back there, but it is a big, humongous bruise and it hurts like a mo mofo. And I was like, ugh. And then we discovered something happened with my rear brake, stopped my wheel from turning. If, if you're know. familiar with bicycles, uh, the the brakes are like quick release brakes, and they it just wasn't in exactly. So when you it jumped out, and the brake block went into your spokes where you and that was it. Them. And yeah. like you would think, I would have then like flown over, but it was the rear white tire. Right, so, so it just, just made it like basically. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And then and I thought I was going all the way down into that field. It would have been like your brakes got jammed on all of a sudden. I'm just glad I wasn't riding down in traffic because I would be dead. Someone would have ran over me. Yeah. I went totally across to the left, and then I'd have no idea how I landed on my right hip and buttocks. <laughs> but it is bruised. You're definitely bruised. And my neck feels like I have a little bit of whiplash, because like, I think my mind was... You weren't well, wearing your helmet, but you I, didn't fall on your head. I wasn't wearing my helmet. <laughs> I needed a helmet for my ass. 
I guess that's what got hurt. But that was the first time I've ever wrecked or had any kind of problem. So and I, me touch wood, I've never wrecked. You haven't wrecked, but you've had a blowout, and your my chain fell off once, and you've had a yeah. But I've never fell off, so I'm next probably. I know, I know. I told you. I know for a fact. As I was going down, I yelled, "Shit!" I um, was looking down the trail, and I I got to where we were going. I went inside the toilet because there's a toilet there. I had a pee, and I came out. And I looked, and I could still see you. And I was like, why we ride, think- By the way, we ride on a trail that used to be a train track. So yes. it's in the country, it's like in the woods, kind of, and you go to small towns along the way. I was like, why are you not here yet? Because you weren't <laughs> that far behind me. And then I was, I looked, I was looking, I could just see you. And then you, I saw that you were walking. And I was like, oh no, punch her. She's got to punch her. So I started, right, I rode all the way, you know, back towards you. And uh, not a puncher. I was like, a I don't know. would have been easier. I don't know what happened. I'm like, uh, and I had to pee really bad. I'm really glad I didn't wet my pants because <laughs> I had to pee really bad by the time we got there. <laughs> and I was still a little stunned and plus it hurt. I think I fell on a, a stick or a rock or something because that's where I got the big bruise. Oh, but it could have just been a, a stone. Like We a figured heart, out so. instantly. You figured out my, I mean, I pulled the brake out of the hole because it was stuck in between two spokes we, or we have the tools to fix stuff yeah. along the way so that was not, not a problem and i wasn't like paranoid to get back on or anything i guess it doesn't really phase me i mean i'm you're you're right you said i didn't get a scrape or a cut or uh anything like that i didn't i didn't every time i fell off a bike i've either had like a, a tarmac rash where, where it rubs all you and yeah. blood that's usually what happens to me and that really gets you a bit doesn't it like because you're like, huh but um I don't even know if you thought you... You probably felt like you weren't even that hurt until you finished and got off. Correct. Yeah. Until today. And sleeping last night was painful because I was really sore. So, always wear a helmet, kids. <laughs> and that, that if you can find one that goes on your ass, wear that one too. The helmet wouldn't have prevented this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidsaw.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play on Android or the RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can subscribe or just listen straight on the page. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk unless you're going to give us some cycling tips. And finally, uh, stay classy, uh, Miss Jodie Foster, because Mrs. Jodie Foster, because I think you're pretty awesome. Aw, aren't you nice? And I'm going to say think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. 